back, ladies and gentlemen. We are ready to roll on a brand new edition of the Sunday Card. It is mid-June. It is in the thralls of an offseason in the NFL in which a lot of stuff has happened. And we've discussed a lot of great divisions here. A lot of teams have made a lot of moves. Today, we're going to do the complete opposite of that. We are going to talk about probably the worst division in football today. And that would be the AFC South. But first, let's introduce ourselves, shall we? I am one of your esteemed producers, Dan Zampano. And joining me in the sin bin is a man that is probably going to try to convince all of you that his namesake should maybe even be, who knows, MVP considerations. I don't know. We had a big discussion on this a couple of weeks ago. Colts, Titans, Titans, Colts. But the man is here himself. It is not Matt Ryan. It is Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth. Welcome back, my friend. Well, it's good. glad to be back, Dan, again. Uh, we could have better divisions, but at least we've got uh, another one-year quarterback with the Indianapolis Colts. The quarterback carousel in Indianapolis goes round and round, just like the Colts on that carousel do. Uh, but yes, Matty Ice is in town. Uh, we're going to get him Julio Jones, as we talked about last week on last week's episode. We got to get Julio back in town. Uh, and the boys are back together for, for yeah, possibly an MVP run for Matty Ice. I mean, yeah. doesn't have a lot of competition in the division. I mean, he could definitely pad his stats here if there's one thing that we know. Again, this should be... Uh, one of our more comical episodes as far as uh, rankings, pretty cut and dry, top to bottom, left and right here. Uh, but we got to go through it anyway. We love to do it anyway. And you know what? We got to can't leave any stone unturned. Last mm. year when we did this, who did we like a little bit last year? Who did we kind of find that we liked? If I remember, we liked a little cat named Cincinnati Bengals last year. <laughs> the team that kind of ended up going to the Super Bowl after the AFC yeah. Championship game they won. So we can't leave any stone unturned. We still got to check for those grub worms under these rocks uh, and see if you could find a, find a fish with it. That's unbelievable. This man, he just digs for gold and it'll dig as far. it will dig to China to try and get there. Well, maybe not China, not right now. Uh, anyway, by the way, Maddie, I just want to say condolences Rangers out in six that really that game three loss and then game four, just it sparked it just tough. Hell of a run. They played a lot of hockey. Tampa Bay still the best hockey team on the freaking planet. But mm. let's go abs, baby. Take them down. Take them Take down. Them that's down. My, that's my, my one of my favorite teams from childhood, the Joe Sackick and Adam Foote and Stevie Y, like or not Stevie Y, Peter Forsberg. That team. Good memory. So time for the Nate dog to get one. I love that, man. Colorado getting it back to Denver. Uh, but I will say that I did place a future on the lightning plus 150 in the series. I hate to tell you that, but it's too much. It's value. Come on, it's value. So sure. defending plus 150 to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, I'll try to backtrack it with Colorado, hoping the lightning at least win the first game. That would be ideal. Then Colorado can go win it. Uh, our steam producer, Lemon Pepper Blue Paracone, is back from the dead. He was not dead. He was just, you know, took a little hiatus last week. Uh, Lou, uh, big time win for the Warriors last night, game five, buddy. Big one. Real big. We were talking about it before the show started. Steph didn't have to be a finals MVP to get the dub. That tells you a lot. Jason Tatum has gone bye-bye. Can't find him. 
Not looking good for the Celtics. Hopefully they win at home and we get a game seven. No problem. Boy, they missed a lot of shots in the fourth. Oh, God, him and Jalen Brown went ice cold. Can we give a cold. can we give a shout out to Andrew Wiggins finally living up to his first pick mantra there? Traded away by the King. Mm-hmm. I hope he gets a ring now. Just like, <laughs> uh, well, as many as Kevin Love. Led GM is wrong again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I think we all know how we feel about that subject. But uh, Warriors, Celtics, game six coming up in a couple of days. Should be a lot of fun uh, on Thursday night. Uh, But let's get to it. AFC South, let's roll through it. As we do every week, it is time for the positional rankings. We rank the quarterbacks. We rank the running backs. We rank the pass catcher groups. We rank the defenses, and we rank the coaches. And, Maddie, I will say I had a hard time trying to negotiate some of these things because there are some really good things with the Colts and Titans that I like. There are some things that I really don't like. And putting the Jaguars and Texans, though, ahead of those teams in certain categories is really hard to do because they're just so damn terrible and depleted with talent, or they're just too young to know, you know? So beginning with this quarterback room, uh, how do you foresee this? I imagine I know where you're going with number one. I think, I think I do, but I want to know the order. You know where we're going with yeah. number one here. Again, the carousel goes round and round at Indy, but I do think this is the best quarterback that they've had in the past three years of these one-year quarterback runs that, you know, he's, he's Matty Ice is a little bit older, not quite as old and decrepit as Philip Rivers was. The Carson Wentz project, we've talked plenty on that mm-hmm. on this podcast. Um, so, but Matty Ice, again, even in the down years in, in, in uh, Atlanta in these past couple of years, still last year close to 4,000 yards. Two years ago, I believe he almost led the league in passing yards. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's more than capable of, of getting the job done. Uh, and then again, we talk about the whole room. I, I like what we've seen out of Sam Ellinger the past couple of years, but he's gotten in the game. I thought he's looked pretty decent. And they draft Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn, man, bounced around from Notre Dame to Wisconsin. So, Throw him in that room as well. Um, it did make it close for Tennessee, though, now that they, again, have two options. When you got T- Tannehill and Malik Willis, you know, that was almost enough. But, again, it's just a rookie quarterback is not going to be enough for me to push him over the hump. Tannehill, again, as we saw, he's had a little bit of a rebirth in Tennessee, but very much has his weaknesses and his downside. We learned in the playoffs last year uh, with the three picks, the three worst time picks uh, that anybody could throw. So, You've got Indy at the top. You've got Tennessee second, again, as we will probably foresee for most of these categories. And then third, man, Trevor Lawrence, I guess, gets the nod just because he was taken much higher in the draft than uh, <laughs> Davis Mills was. And they've got maybe the second best backup in the league. We know who the best backup in the league is forever, Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but C.J. Bethard, that guy, he, as soon as he starts a game, he's not good. But, man, you bring him in in a backup role, that guy gets the job done. So. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is CJ in the third spot. And then that quarterback room in Houston. God bless it. Davis Mills, Kyle Allen, and Jeff O'Driscoll from from Red Dead Redemption. (laughs) (laughs) I knew Lou was going to like that one. A little little Red Dead 2. A little Red Dead 2. That's good. That's good. Them O'Driscoll boys. (laughs) As soon as you did the voice, like I'm looking at the game right now. (laughs) That is incredible. Uh, hopefully there'll be some type of Red Dead Redemption for, for Houston. I don't know how they're going to get out of 
the bottom of, of this division. Um, so we agree on number one. We agree with Matt Ryan. And I believe they're trying to bring in Nick Foles. Uh, and, and I'm pretty sure that that's, you know, in the works still. But um, in terms of that quarterback room, no, I do agree with you. Like Matt Ryan almost had 3,900 yards last year. He had 67% completion percentage. He was 20 to 12 touchdown interception ratio. Solid throughout the board. The most solid of any of these quarterbacks that we're looking at in the rest of the division, right? I mean, definitely. Can had, agree with him. And he had nobody last year. He had a rookie Kyle Pitts. That's all he had. I mean, right. he said Ridley played the first four weeks, something like that, yeah. four or five weeks. It was gone. So, so, so that's where I'm at with that. <sighs> Yeah, I'm going to make the move. I'm going to put number two, and I'm going to take Ryan Tannehill out and put Trevor Lawrence in. I am going to be the guy to do that, and I'll tell you why. I think at this point, Ryan Tannehill, and I I think there is a move now that if he does not perform this year, which at at my point, like Ryan Tannehill is not really the, he was a few years ago, but last year, I think, he held the glue together long enough for them to get some of their pieces back. When you have a game like that in the playoffs that you just have are, are terrible and you're older and you've got one or maybe two years left. I think he might have one year left on his deal. I'm not entirely sure about that. I think you're in the category of or phasing out or bringing in someone else. Malik Willis is now here. You know, again, like I've said, Malik Willis, highest ceiling of any quarterback that's been drafted this year. Not saying he's going to work out, but they're going to see what they have. I think Trevor Lawrence was just under a situation where he was in hell. He was in NFL offensive unit hell playing under Urban Meyer. And I think it'll be a much better situation this year, considering that they actually have professional, they have more professional receivers, considering they did bring in Brandon Scherf to play on the offensive line. So he's not going to get, hopefully got get killed as much as he did. The guy was just running for his life the whole last year. And I don't think that was indicative of what he was. If he was on new England, he would have had, I think a bet a better job than Mac Jones did. I really believe that. And I love Mac Jones. I have Ryan Tannehill ranked in the, yeah, I know, right? Shocker. In the AFC, I have Ryan Tannehill ranked 12th of all the quarterbacks in the AFC. That's where I have him, you know? That's, and when you put it in those, those terms, I mean, Ryan Tannehill has worked with stuff around him and also probably the one or two best running back in the league. So that's why I'm putting him down there. Now, is Ryan Tannehill reliable? Sure but I don't see him that much better than a Jimmy Garoppolo or somewhere around those lines. Like I, he's a starter in the NFL. He's a journeyman. And I hope that he can, he can be successful. They can win the division with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback, but right now, Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to throw ahead of him. And that room is a total, just gutless bums. As I've said, like there's just nobody in that room. I hope Davis Mills works out. I hope he has a great career. Probably not going to happen. Horrible room for the Texans. Yeah. I was surprised. I, I was equating it to again, you did a lot of crapping on Trevor Lawrence last year. Obviously, the coaching situation and everything else with that organization was was horrible. And and I'm I'm now seeing through that. Most of those conversations about Trevor Lawrence were in comparison to other rookie quarterbacks that you might have been in a little bit of defense of. So now I'm I can see that when yeah. we're talking about them, when we're talking about Trevor Lawrence on an island and not comparing him to his draft class anymore. We have a little bit more leeway, a little more love for Trevor Lawrence. So I can appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, did Mac Jones have a better year than Trevor Lawrence last year? Yeah, he did. But let's Hopefully not a better pretend. Career. Let's, let's not have Patriot colored glasses on 
let's take them off for a second. Look at me being a mature Patriot fan. Unbelievable. Like all the rest of them. Um, and let's put Trevor Lawrence where let's give him his due. You know, I think he's a better quarterback at this point in his career going forward. And especially this year, he'll be better than Ryan Tannehill this year. That's where I'm going. Uh, go ahead. Now, I was just curious. I'm looking back at what their win total is. Do you think he's good enough? Six and a half is the win total. That's a lot higher than I thought it would be. And again, I think that I think that Vegas realizes how much of that was part was organizationally and and co- really, the head coach. Let's just spell it out. The head coach. The head coach. Last year. Now we're going to get to that point into telling us telling you what my answer to your six and a half would be. In a okay. Bit. Okay. We got to get there. Let's get to running backs though first, and I'll take the reins on this one first. Uh, obviously the consensus is hey do you like taylor or henry better like those are the two guys those would probably be the top two guys taken in fantasy drafts i imagine or close to that you know um but we don't do that here we don't do starter we do room that's what we do we have the running backs room and look the the colts running backs room i think we actually put them ahead of tennessee last year i don't think that was i think that was something that we did and again, I don't see any difference to why we should really change that much. I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor, what he did last year was incredible. They still have Nahim Hines. And now they had Philip Lindsay, who was on the Texans last year, and will have a contributing role in being a pass catching back. I think that he'll definitely be there. They had Tyson Williams as well, who got some time playing last year with the Ravens. And then they got a couple of rookies back there. So I'm all in on the Colts. I'm not going to argue with you on this one at all, especially with the offensive line advantage that they have. Obviously we're taking Henry next. Hilliard had some time last year. They drafted Hassan Haskins out of Michigan, who I like. And Jordan Wilkins is also coming over from the Colts. So there's depth there with, with Jacksonville. I actually like Jacksonville. I think the gap between Jacksonville and Tennessee is not that far. It really isn't that far, uh, especially the room. You have When you have James Robinson, and now you have ETN, fully healthy, fully ready to go. I hope to God he does not get hurt. Uh, and, and they've got him going back there. He could be a weapon that I really, really liked. I drafted him in my dynasty league. Like He was the first running back available when I took him. I, I like him better than any of the backs that he's – coming out of even Najee Harris. I think that he could be better than him. Um, and then they have a rookie in Snoop Connor, who I like to out of Ole Miss. And they've got some, they've got some kids that, you know, are back there. They're going to have to prove themselves, but obviously Robinson and ETN are at the front and God almighty, this, this running back. Room. Is it worse than the quarterback room? It might be. Well, here are your names that you might like in the 2016 Houston Texans. Uh, Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead. They drafted Damian Pierce out of Florida, who I actually like. Dare Agumwale and Royce Freeman. Um, anything Anything from that? <laughs> Any response to that? Any excitement coming out? The only name that makes you maybe perk up a little bit is Marlon Mack, and then you're like, oh, he's coming off of an Achilles, which is an injury that – really no running back ever fully comes back healthy from and, and is never back to what they were before. And I mean, it's, I mean, it's like the main part of your foot in planting and running. And so it's just, man, that is, it, it's really, their room last year was ridiculous when they had still had Burkhead, Lindsay, uh, and uh, Ingram. Mark Ingram. Like yeah. it's gotten more ridiculous. <laughs> I love Casario, man. He's just like, you know what? We're dealing with these, you know, the Deshaun Watson fallout. Now they're a defendant in this case now. Like, who cares? He's just like, you know what? 
just go out and play. Just just pick some guys. We're going to tank. We're just going to get a bunch of draft picks, and that's what we're going to do. Like, that's it. Yeah, I mean, apparently Watson was handing out, like, NDAs with Texans letterhead on it. Oh, so, I think they're, oh. a little bit of, they're a little bit of hot water for that. Tough but, to wear um, that jersey right now. Tough. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, again, I, I think you have this. I think this one's pretty cut and dry. As far as, again, if you want to debate the top two, but like you said, as soon as you factor in the entire running back room, I don't see how you don't take the Colts here because you do have an elite bell cow back. I mean, you could you could have Taylor out there just as much as you have Henry out there mm-hmm. and, and run them all game long. But they've got an amazing, amazing pass catching running back who's really starting to come into his own. He's been in the league for a few years now. But, I mean, last year he definitely started to come out a little bit and he had some shine when, when Taylor was out to kind of have the role by himself. And he was even able to, to perform pretty well. So Naeem Hines is, is an awesome weapon out there. Uh, like I said, I, I, you like to think that maybe Hassan Haskins can do a little bit of that. I mean, is he kind of, again, you tell me, is he more of like a pass catching back kind of, you know, could be a speed option outside of Henry and, and counter that, or is it kind of the same player? I think he's a passing uh, pass blocking back. That's what okay. I think he is. I think he'll be in them pass blocking. He does have some thump to him. I will say that he's obviously clearly not as big and he went to Michigan. So, you know, he was run a lot at Michigan and took a lot of the bulk of the load but they had a freshman Blake Corum that came in that took a lot of that load from him bigger. If he gets stronger, he'll be even faster, but he's going to come in and be able to pass block. Well, in those third down situations, he'll probably be the second. He'll probably be the third down back probably, I don't know, quarter way through the season. I really believe that. Yeah. It's a good passing down back third down back. I think it's, that's kind of what they need. Um, And then uh, Jacksonville in the third spot, I I echo the excitement about ETN. I just, I mean, you everything that we saw him do in college and what he's able to do is his home run hitting speed his great hands and they talked about moving him out to wide receiver he could definitely one of those guys that that splits out wide and then the basement of of houston of houston <laughs> texas so uh same list there i i can agree with you so we're two for two, we're two when, for two. When, when you say or no basement, we're not two for two sorry one to two. We're, we're close but when you say basement like i can imagine like Someone in their basement has all of these guys figurines somewhere like, oh, I just like collecting random NFL players from from the years past. I got Rex Burkhead's Patriots one, Marlon Mack on the Colts, Royce Freeman on the Broncos, like all their figurines are just up and up somewhere. And they're trying to go to every training camp, trying to get them autographed by the guys like it's like they go, just go to Texas training camp. You'll find, you'll find people that you'll used to like. I promise you. The, the land of misfit running backs. God bless. It, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better with the rest of the roster. I'll, I'll tell you that. Well, and, and I'll tell you, if we're moving on, the rest of the division, we need some pass catchers in this in this, this division because they are all not that good. Again, we mm. had, we've had guys leave. We had A.J. Brown is out of town. Julio Jones out of town might be back in town in a different in a different town. In this <laughs> You're division. pushing that so hard. I want it so bad. I think I just want the reunion. It's got to happen. Uh, and then Indiana, we have T.Y. Hilton. Again, I, I still haven't found out if he's, he's gone. Or he's, not, he's, he's, he's gone. gone. Okay. He's a free agent. He's done. All right. So we've got a lot of turnover here in this. Um, and, and again, I guess I'll kick it off. And I think that you said it earlier that it's kind of hard to justify putting some of these lower end teams above them. I think Jacksonville Jaguars have at least the most pieces at wide receiver. Mm. They've got the most names that I recognize and they Maybe they paid a little too much for some of these guys. Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk have a pretty big contract for what they've 
done as their production. I do love Marvin Jones. I, I think Marvin Jones yeah. is a very underrated wide receiver. This a great year. Uh, last he year. was, he was, he, and he was entire time in Detroit constantly underrated. So I have Jacksonville first. You've got Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, and then you've got two solid tight ends. Dan Arnold did a great job when he came over there in the second yeah. half last year. He was a very reliable target for Lawrence. And they bring in Evan Ingram, a guy, again, who's been all hype ever since his mm-hmm. rookie year. It's been wanting to live up to his potential. But that name still holds a little bit of weight, and I think everybody's mind. You just have that. He still you know, can be a, a mismatch as far as his speed at the tight end position. He just can't catch the ball that well. Um, so I do have Jacksonville first because – they might have the best number one if that number one is either Marvin Jones or Christian Kirk. Moving on to the second team now, I got I've got Indianapolis there, and again I think Indianapolis a lot of weight is I, again I, I was on this guy last year and he did have a breakout last year. I really like Mike Pittman Jr. I just think that again I just going into last year and seeing just that guy's build and what he's able to do and his abilities, it just wasn't syncing up with the quarterback. But it's like man, that guy's big, he's long, he can jump, he's fast. And he really kind of had a good year last year with Carson Wentz. So yeah. I'm hoping that him and Matt Ryan can really have a connection. I think Pittman, Pittman could be, you know, again, make a fantasy reference, like a top 20 uh, wide receiver in fantasy this year, barring health. Uh, they've also still got Paris Campbell and they've got the mammoth Mo Alley Cox, six foot six, 270 pound tight end um, that again, you just throw that ball up to him in the end zone uh, and, and Mo Alley Cox is going to come down with it. Third, I've got Tennessee. Because again, they bring in Robert Woods, which is fine, but their second receivers, the the longest nameplate in the NFL, Nick Westbrook Akina, uh, who just really doesn't do too much for me in that second spot. And they've also bring in Austin Hooper, which I think Austin Hooper now it, we're on the downturn on Austin Hooper. Yeah, he had a good year so? in Atlanta. That was like three years ago, and mm-hmm. then he bounced over to Cleveland. Did he have something between Cleveland and here, or is he coming straight from Cleveland now? I'm trying I, to think think. He, I think he was in Cleveland. I think, yeah, I know. I think it's a straight shot from Cleveland. I think that's right. Yeah, so, again, maybe it was just a, a down year, and he, he didn't really do much, I feel like, last year in, in Cleveland at all. He's so. overshadowed by Njoku, and, and Harrison yeah. Bryant was better than him, too. So Right, so, again, what, what does that tell you if, if you know those guys are kind of outperforming? I mean, Njoku's a, a, an athletic freak, but um, – Still just doesn't do much for me here. And then surprise, surprise, last place here is Brand is uh Brandon Cooks and the boys over in Houston. Again, they have Cooks and they draft the burner, uh Michi out of Alabama. Yeah. So, you know, some fun stuff there. But then again, the third name, Nico Collins. Never heard that name before in my life. Oh, me really? Honest. Okay. All Never right. heard Nico okay. Collins before in my life. Go you tell me a little bit about Nico Collins if you, uh, want. Or you go through your list and then you get to Nico Collins. Okay, I'll go through my list because we're going to agree and then we're going to really disagree. Okay. Um, I got Jaguars number one. I, <laughs> right on, brother. I, well, I'm not that crazy. Not that crazy. No, you're not. He's not in the psych ward yet. I think, uh, yeah, I agree. Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. By the way, you left out one name. LaVisca Chenault. I mean. Oh, my. I, our guy. On, our guy. Come on. Like when we did that draft. Like, number one name. And not only is he number one name, that boy can catch the football in tough spots. Like, he just when, – when he is really guarded, like, he – he I'm, I'm pretty sure he was one of the top leading targets of contested catches in the league last year. Like, he's really, really good at getting open um, and, and catching it in tight windows. But I agree with you. I think Ingram is playing the wrong sport. I think that's just the problem. Like, he's a stretch forward. He's not – 
he's he's I wish he was playing basketball and I believe that he can do this like I really think he can but you combine him with Arnold now and Arnold does a really good job of being a red zone target too so you know with that I think Ingram if he can stretch the field Chenault playing the slot Jones playing the outside and 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 again using his speed had a very good year I did not believe in him last year and and but and before the season and he proved me wrong yeah Christian Kirk is getting overpaid but he's still a good two or three, right. you know? Um, no, I think, I think this is why I kind of have some faith in Trevor Lawrence to have a much better year this year. Cause the weapons around him, I had the Titans number two. Um, okay. And, and the reason being is I think Robert Woods is, a, even though he's coming off injury, I, I do think he is a better receiver than we give him a lot of credit for, I, you know, veteran guy. And I get Westbrook Akina. He is definitely a, probably a three borderline two or three, but you know, he did perform in a lot of big spots last year and he gave them some good production. I think the kid Traylon Burks is a better, a better rookie than most rookies. He's big and has a lot of burst of speed. My issue with him is that a lot of people were kind of comparing him to more of a gadget Debo Samuel and a bigger Debo Samuel. I didn't understand that. Um, but I do think he's coming out of Arkansas. I think you'll see that he'll be what they hoped AJ Brown would be but faster. And I, and he's, he's explosive. There's no question about that. So I have some hopes for Burks and Austin Hooper's not the only tight end on that list. It's Jeff Swaim too. And Jeff Swaim, like say what you want about him. He's not a household name, no question about that, but he is a serviceable tight end in the league. I think Ingram and Arnold are the better version of that, but Hooper is still a, a solid tight end that can still play the game. And Swaim is a much more underrated tight end that people really haven't heard of. So I like him better. This is where we get a little nuts. I have the Houston Texans above the Colts and it's crazy and it sounds nuts, but I look at this Colts team and you mentioned Michael Pittman really great. Like Michael Pittman's awesome. Who the hell else? I mean, Paris Campbell, we've been talking about for three years. Like, we've been waiting for Paris Campbell forever. I'm standing over here, you know, I'm waiting for the bus on Paris Campbell. I really am. And, and you know, then they draft this Alex Pierce kid out of Cincinnati. Not big on him. Not big on him. Big possession receiver. Doesn't do anything that great. They like this Ashton Doolin kid who had a pretty decent year last year. Is he your guy? Is he your target? I mean, yeah, Mo Ali Cox is there. I like Mo Ali Cox. I think he's a pretty decent player. I mean, are we are we talking about Gronk here? I mean, I just you know, the Colts just really have nothing besides Pittman and I guess Mo Ali Cox. Whereas the Texans, at least you've heard of Chris Conley, right? Like he played in the NFL. Yeah. Brandon Cooks. I mean, Michael Pittman had a thousand yard year last year. Brandon Cooks does that in his sleep every single year, and nobody knows about it. You know? Every year. Every year. The most slept-on fantasy player. I, we'll scream it again this year. That we, we said it. We went over him last year, and he just gets 1,000 yards no matter what. No matter what. No matter who's throwing him the ball. I have done a complete 180 on Brandon Cooks because he's just been so consistent. When he was in New England, I thought he was soft, and he moves over, and he has great years with other teams. Uh, Nico Collins, by the way, we'll get to him right now. Nico Collins had a pretty decent end of the year last year. Michigan guy, bigger receiver, six foot five. Again, another red zone target. They draft Mechie, who they'll get probably a quarter of the way through the season off his injury. And don't sleep on my boy Brevin Jordan either. I told you about him in fantasy last year. He's now the starting tight end. He's out of Miami. I'm telling you, watch this kid out. 
they it's it's not great. I'm not saying they're gonna win the division, but they got more pieces than the Colts do. But yeah, again, this the pass catchers in this division. I mean, it's it's really I didn't realize how bad it was across the whole board. It's like who again, who would you pick out is the best wide receiver in this division? You could make a case, it's Brandon Cooks. As great, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I do give you credit on that. I mean, it's not wrong. I, I do think my, my rating is definitely skewed by Michael Pittman because, again, I think that Pittman is a – I, I would make a case. I would make a case yeah. for him as the best wide receiver in this league. I think after this year, it might be a little more clear, I hope, um, that he is the number one wide receiver in this league. Uh, could be uh, Robert Woods as well. But, yeah, it's really about – they've all got kind of a number one, and it's just what else does everybody – like what else do these teams have behind them? And, again, I think that we both see that the Jaguars at least have – They've got names. They've got names. They've got guys who've been productive in the NFL. So it's making me not, it's making me open my eyes to say, can Jacksonville get the seven wins? It is making me, it's, it's making me put my eyes out. And now we're going to talk about defense. You, you just, you just found a little worm. You just found a little worm. You're going to throw. I did. We're, we're unlocking. We're, we're, we're the, the rock. This is a pretty big rock here. Cause it's deep. I mean, we're, we're, we're really digging into some graves here, but you know, I mean, it's there. There's there's life somewhere, you know. All right, defense, go ahead. Wow. So now and now it really takes a turn for the worst. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, again, here I think I hate to keep putting first, but I think that you've clearly got to put the Indianapolis Colts first. I mean, I, they've got they've got the best defensive line. They have the best the linebacker. I the linebacker I would take over anybody else probably in leagues. A middle linebacker, a Mike linebacker, Darius Leonard, the maniac, is you know makes tackle leads the NFL in tackles for I believe the past two years. I know he did his rookie year. Um and you know DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, they bring in Stefan Gilmore. They've got Kenny Moore who made the Pro Bowl last year, um, who, who had a really good year. So uh, I think you definitely put Indianapolis first there, especially when you get down to the rest of the division. I have Tennessee second here. Because Tennessee did have I know, I know, Dan. It's really bad though. I mean it's bad. Ten- Tennessee at least had a defensive line that got the job done last year. Jeffrey Simmons had a year last year. Beast. Can he repeat it? Can he repeat it again? I don't know. D'Amico Autry, uh, Jaquiski Tart, again, Bud Dupree. Like, they've got guys on the front. Their secondary, obviously, was their biggest. I mean, they, that's, they, they got into shootouts last year. But they have a front seven that can at least get the job done a little bit for Tennessee, have them in the number two spot. And then when you're talking about the bottom – bottom of the barrel with this division. I just had to look at the two rosters and say, which names do I really recognize on here without having to do too much in-depth research? <laughs> and the Jag and the Jaguars lead it by having Shaq Griffin and Josh Allen. And cause the only, uh, there's only, there's two on the Jaguars that I recognize. And there's only one on the Jack on uh, one on the Texans uh, with, with, Grenard, and then not counting the rookie who hasn't played a snap, Derek Stingley, who just basically I learned about because we covered him so well in the draft. But uh, Grenard actually had a – I don't even say him saying his name right. Greenard, Grenard. Greenard, he had yeah. a decent. He had a decent year getting after the quarterback a little he bit. He did. He was able to get a little bit of pressure. But that's about it for those teams. About three names on those two, te- two defenses that we can go through. Let me know if you disagree with me at all. Let me – I'm going to tell you about some of the people on the Jaguars because I, I do think that they have a one one part of their linebacker – I think their linebacking core actually has a lot of potential. But everything is potential. The Texans have no potential. They suck. But, like, the Jaguars have potential. 
to be really good because they have a lot of talent that they've accumulated over draft picks over the last couple of years at the linebacker and pass rusher position. So I'll give them that credit. But I think you are criminally disrespecting the Tennessee Titans, which is why I have them number one. I think that they're going to be the number one team on my list because here's the thing. I think that their front seven starter-wise is really, really talented. You mentioned Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree right there. I mean, Harold Landry has been one of their mainstay guys at the linebacker position. Zach Cunningham, who got traded last year, came over. The only reason he's on their team is because Houston couldn't afford to pay him anymore. That guy's a tackling machine. Um, So, you know, he's, he's led the league in tackles before. Um, David Long is a pretty good, solid linebacker there. Their secondary does bother me. I'm not going to lie to you. They're going to need some help from Elijah Molden, Caleb Farley, like some of these dudes that they've drafted, Roger McCreary, who they drafted this year. They're going to need some help there. Kevin Byard is still one of the better safeties in this league. Like he's, he's still a really solid safety that gets a lot of interceptions. Here's my deal with the Colts. My deal with the Colts is this. I look at DeForest Buckner, right? And I say, all world, elite, right? When I look at Quiddy Pay, when I look at Yannick Ngakwe, I still have questions. I mean, Yannick Ngakwe is on his fourth team in five years. Uh, Quiddy Pay has not necessarily proven yet that he is a decent pass rusher. I mean, he just didn't really get to play a lot last year. Then I look at, you know, I mean, he played, but it just was limited. I look at their linebacking core and I say, those guys right there, Okarike and Leonard, like, I'm not going to question you on that. Like, nobody's putting out better ones than that. Like, you know, they're both really, really talented. But then I look at the back end and I look at, you know, Kenny Moore, I love. Kenny Moore is the name. I'm like, okay, good. Rodney McLeod, they picked him up. Good, great. You know I love me some Gilly Lock, right? You know I love Stephon Gilmore. But does the scheme match the player? That's my question. And the Colts run Tampa too. Stephon Gilmore has traditionally been a man cover corner that has dominated. Plus, Matt, I'm going to tell you this because I know you believe in this. Corners just age so quickly. Xavier Rhodes, Malcolm Butler, Patrick Peterson. I mean, we can go down the list of guys. Darius Slays is somebody that you talked about that, you know, you think he's in danger of kind of aging himself out. I think Stephon Gilmore is in danger of aging himself out on this team, which is why big name, big name. Can he continue to do what he does? He's a great okay. corner, but can he continue to do what he does? And that's why I have them at number two. Uh, but with the Jaguars, I do think that there is potential. You look at their um, their front seven, not great. Roy Robertson, Harris, Foley, Fadakusi, like, you know, there's your guys that I know, but like, the reason there's a reason they're on Jacksonville now, like, you know, they've come over from other teams. They just couldn't get a deal. Their linebacking core. I mean, you look at this down the line, Josh Allen right there. They drafted Trayvon Walker, number one, overall. We forgot about that. Devin Lloyd, who was my favorite linebacker in the draft. Yes, they are rookies, but they're rookies that I really like. Foye Ulicone had a great couple of years with Atlanta and now is over here. Um, they drafted Chad Muma. They drafted uh, this year out of Wyoming, who I really like. Caleb on Chasen. We're getting deep down the list of, of linebackers here. Shaq Quarterman. These are all guys that have been drafted in the last three years. 
that are coming up. These are guys that are getting their work. And I think that really have a ton of potential to really be well. They have no secondary help. I mean, Shaq Griffin and Darius Williams are pretty much it. Outside of that, there's just no depth. Um, and then Houston is Houston. I mean, I could talk to you about Houston, but there's no point. You know, they, they just have a bunch of old guys or a bunch of young guys. So that's pretty much them. Here's the thing about this whole division. None of these teams have deep rosters on the defense. Like, yeah. this is not a defensive division at all. This division is about offense. So, yeah, no, I can. I, I didn't even mention, I failed to mention, but again, the rookies that, I mean, between just the, the ones taken in the first round with, with, Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a big, big addition, I think, to the Jaguars. Again, get to play a snap in the NFL, so it's hard to say that they're a big addition, but we anticipate them being one. So, uh, yeah, like I, said, I, I waste enough air on Houston. You don't need to. <laughs> Good. Um, final one. Let's go to coaching. This was hard because there are a lot of connections in this one. You know, I mean, you've got the Reich and Peterson connection. You've got, I mean, Vrabel and Reich have gone up against each other a lot. Um, you know, Vrabel, I think Vrabel was in the league. Vrabel was in the league and played against Reich a little bit there. Uh, mm-hmm. in, you know, back then, Lovey Smith has, has been a coach since these guys were playing in the league. Like, he's completely just the old man in the group. So I'm going to take this real quick. I'm a Vrabel guy. I just I like Vrabel a little bit more than I like Frank Reich. And the reason being is because I do think that he gets the most out of his players, whereas Frank Reich with the Colts has been meant to be like this guru, this quarterback guru that was going to fix people. And it just has not translated since he's been a head coach to me. I mean, the Colts have made one playoff appearance since he's been there. Granted, he hasn't been there long, but Mike Vrabel has gotten last year's team with a lot of injuries to the number one seed. He's gotten teams to the AFC championship game in a very short period of time. Mike Vrabel has turned a franchise around. So I'm going Vrabel and Reich. I'm going Lovey Smith. Number four, number three. And the reason being, I know that's crazy because Doug Peterson is a super bowl winning head coach to me. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I personally think Frank Reich has a lot more to do with the quarterback situation in Philadelphia than Doug Peterson did. That's just my opinion. I will stick to that. And I think Lovey Smith is in the perfect situation for him. He has a bunch of old guys that they're over the hill, who everybody thinks that Lovey Smith is over the hill as a head coach. And he's got a bunch of young dudes that are going to be looking at this wise old sage at, at uh, that's a defensive coordinator and used to be a head coach. And 15 years after he's been fired as a head coach and went to University of Illinois, and now he's just back head coaching. It's kind of a strange journey for him. But I think he's in the perfect spot for him to to flourish and fly with that type of a roster plus they have pep hamilton coaching the offense who i, who I do really like um to breed up a young quarterback it is not an indictment on doug peterson i just think he's overrated that's all like i just i just do and i'm not i'm not a big dougie p guy um i think he'll be a lot better than urban meyer but that doesn't mean that he's better than the rest of these coaches wow that that's that's they're definitely going to have a differentiation on this because Great. I mean, I, I, I do have Rabel number one. Again, I agree. Did he end up winning coach of the year last year? I believe he did, right? No, uh, he should have. Should was have it Rabel? He might have actually. I, no, I think up. he did. I think he, he did. Have. We're going to say he did. He did. He did on this show. On We're going to say he did. Uh, but yeah, Rabel, I, I agree. Rabel number one. Again, he's just able to get the most out of his guys, no matter the situation. He's just really good you know, players, head coach. Again, we talked about, uh, Tomlin last week being the best players head coach. I think Vrabel is like right there with him because again, he's been a guy that's been 
in their shoes right along with them. He's freaking running the stadium stairs with them before the game. So I have Dougie P number two because he's got a Super Bowl, like we said. I think I have Doug Peterson number two. You just said Frank Reich hasn't been able to get over the hump. He hasn't really done it. He doesn't – I mean, what success does he have as a, as a head coach? As a head coach, he doesn't have very good merits versus Doug Peterson does. He has a win over – oh, who did he beat? Oh, the Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. So I, I understand maybe why you have a little Doug Peterson hate in your heart. And it's okay if you got hate in your heart. You just got to let it out there. So I have Vrabel one, Doug Peterson two. I cannot believe you put Lovey Smith anywhere besides last. I get what you're trying to say with the situation and stuff like that, but there's a reason he hasn't coached in the NFL in a very long time, in my opinion. So I have it: Vrabel, Peterson, Reich, Smith. Fair enough. Uh, ageism, <laughs> ageism is a thing, I guess. But that's okay. Um, I'm cool with it. Look, the league's getting younger as far as head coaches go. <laughs> we right. know that. We know that. You're right. You're right. And uh, listen, maybe it is blasphemous. I don't know. But I just think that Doug – like, where are we now? Where are we now? I mean, Doug Peterson hasn't coached in the league in a couple of years. You know, he's had to get off. This is the guy that tanked the season for the Eagles at the end. You know, I mean, like, where are we now? And I, I get it. And Lovey Smith is is – you know, that's a controversial thing. I just think the fit is better for them. And I'm just, I'm just not a big Doug Peterson guy. See, I, 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 for me, I think that the situation in Philadelphia was again, just muddy and murky beyond Peterson. You know what I mean? Again, beyond there is, all right, well, we got to get rid of either Wentz or Peterson. They just let both of them go. I mean, they just like, they just moved on from everybody all at once. You know, it's just, I think that that was a lot crazier situation beyond Peterson's control following the Super Bowl. So fair. That's fair. Let me ask you this question. We'll make it personal. If Gary Kubiak was the coach of the Jaguars, where would you have him on this list? He's a Super Bowl winning head coach, offensive mind. Yeah, but not in the past like five, two, six years. Two years. They're two years apart from Super Bowl championships. Man, oh man. All right. Now, yeah, and I don't, I don't yeah. like what you're doing. Right? I, know, yeah. I, I hear you. No, I mean, Gary Kubiak is another one. I think that the game has passed by a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, that's a fair, that's a fair argument. You stumped me there a little bit. I won't lie. But again, I just, I, if I'm looking at Frank Reich and Doug Peterson, I'm looking at one of them's got a Super Bowl as a head coach. Fair. They both, they both have the same Super Bowl. One was a head coach. Yeah. Well, that is very <laughs> true. That is very true. Uh, okay. And, and that's the beauty of this whole division is it's so bad that we're arguing about how bad or how worse. <laughs> who's like, worse more who's, so than who's better. Yeah. <laughs> who's number four on the list? Like, I, I, that's the great thing about it. We should have done reverse order for all these lists. Yeah, that would have been a good Next time when we have a bad division, maybe we'll do like, I don't know, NFC East. I don't know if we can do it for any other division, but we'll do something in that in that realm. So, all right. Good deal, guys. That's awesome. AFC South that. And guess what? We're flying west next week, baby. Your division. Let's go. And now, I mean, talk about we're going from, like, hot to cold, light to dark. I mean, we now have – we're going to a division that four quarterbacks that are pretty elite. We we talked about how much the defenses have been improved in the AFC West. So, next week's episode, uh, definitely going to be contentious. As the kids say, it's going to be lit. 
I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. Lewis cut my mic before I start getting all millennial. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. And you can listen in every week. We thank our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper, Lou Paracone. Uh, I'm rooting for warriors. We'll get it done. Lou, uh, give me uh, you know, just a quick narrative on the worst division in football. Cause I think this is kind of your speed, the funniness of this. This the, the worst division here. This, yeah. What do you want me to say? Right. What's the what's the surprise? What's the shock? What's the, the surprise? The surprise is that uh, they're all going to tie somehow. <laughs> there, I would say that's a great one. There will be a divisional game tie in this division. There will be a divisional game. At, we don't know who, but there is going to be a tie. Oh, oh I can't wait. I, you know, but I I'll tell you, Matty Ace uh, making me a hopeful believer of a reunion in Indy. That'd be cool. It Again, won't make a difference, but it'll be how, cool. How poorly you rank their wide receivers. I mean, they're desperate. They do I mean, need somebody. You know, it's not like Julio see the field anyway. He'll be hurt the whole year, and Matt Ryan Dunk's <laughs> gonna fall off. So it's really Jonathan Taylor's got a lot of work to do this year. <laughs> oh boy. Let's keep we are gonna definitely need we are gonna need a uh carousel sound drop for the Colts this year. Cause it's going to, I mean, that is what this team is going to be. Who's that? that Brian Fitzpatrick is back from retirement. (laughs) When they inevitably, (laughs) when they inevitably lose in Jacksonville for the 18th time in a row, it'll be that way. (laughs) That is a bet I will make every year. I mean, they've done it the past two years. I mean, two years ago, it was opening uh, game of the season. Last yep. year, it was the closing game of the season. Yeah. And I think the Colts, by the way, if correct me if I'm wrong, don't they have like a nine or 10 year losing streak on week one? Something like that. We'll uh, yeah, it, that it's up. crazy. It's crazy. They, they do are notoriously really bad on week one. Yeah. So just put that in the old memory bank there. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be doing the AFC West next week. Matty Ice, I'll see you then, my brother. Take care. All right. Peace out. Thank you, everybody. You've been listening to the AFC South Positional Rankings show on the Sunday card. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano, co-hosted by Matt Silbrick, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.